Bikurim, Perik Dalad, Mishnah 4-5. This is the last Mishnah of the Perik, of the Masechta, and in fact of all of Seder's Zeroim. So this is very exciting. We come to the end here. The Mishnah says, Eino shavalola anashim nashim keitzad. When it comes to Androgynous, we said in the first Mishnah of the Perik that in certain ways the Androgynous is uh, neither like a male nor a female. So how does that work? The Mishnah will give a total of uh, four ways in which it's neither like a male nor a female. The first is Ein Chayavan Al Tumaso. If uh, Androgynous has an omission, as we said in the previous Mishnayos, so we're afraid maybe that he is a male and therefore he has a white omission like a man, we'll consider him Tamim Mesafik. Similarly, if out of his female parts he has a red omission like a woman, we'll consider the Androgynous Tamay out of Suffolk again. But if the androgynous goes, say, into the base of Mikdash, which is a place forbidden to go if a person has Tameh, and um, he, we're treating Tameh Masafik, maybe he's in he the white emission or the red emission, so then if he actually goes to the base of Mikdash, he won't be liable for the consequences because his tumor is only a Suffolk. And in fact, more than that, it will come out, um, based on a Gemara and Nida and Dav Chavchas, that there's a special lima that even if an androgynous had both a white emission out of his male parts and a red emission out of his female parts, um, still he will be exempt um, from culpability if he goes into the base of Mikdash. It's a separate rule all to itself that makes androgynous exempt. Second of all, the Ein Sarfan al Tumaso, we don't burn, literally we don't burn because of his Tuma. That is to say, let's say for example for Truma. If Truma becomes Tameh, so it has to be uh, burned, has to be destroyed. Now, if our androgynous had a white emission, let's say, so we're treating him tummy mesafik, if he touches truma, the truma is treated to be also truma tamea, and no one can eat it, but we won't burn it because there's a separate prohibition of destroying truma that's tahor, and truma tahora, um, you know, has to be protected so from becoming destroyed or even tummy further. And since maybe... He is a female, and therefore maybe his tumor is only a, his tumor is just a suffix tumor. Although we'll treat the, him as tame, and the tumor that he touches is also tumor tamea, but we won't burn it. Same goes if he had a red emission out of his female parts. Maybe he is really a she, and therefore we'll treat him tame masafik. But again, if such a androgynous who had this red emission touches truma, we'll treat it as tame, but only tame masafik, and therefore it's truma tamea that can't be eaten but won't be burned. Um, here, in contrast to the previous case in the Mishnah, the simple understanding would be, according to Moser Shonim, that if he both um, had a white emission out of his male parts and a red emission out of his female parts, now there's no more suffix. Now he, the androgynous is a vadai tame, maybe he's tame, maybe she's tame, but definitely the androgynous is tame. And in such a case, with both tumas coming, if the androgynous would touch truma, the truma would in fact be burned. That's how Moser Shonim learned. Next, the third way that he's neither like male nor female is veino nerach lo kanashem v'lo kanashem. The rule of arachin of of um, this mesechas arachin and the, the, based on some psukim in Bchukosai, it's uh, there in in Perik uh, Chavzayin, chapter twenty-seven of Yikra Leviticus. So there's like a schedule that the Torah sets out. If a person commits the value. Of another person, the erech, I'll call it. I don't call it value. The erech of another person. There's a schedule that the Torah sets forth, um, and the erech of a person depends basically on two factors: um, whether the person is a male or female, and second of all, the age of that person. There's a schedule. 
there's a good table. So if a person says, I commit to the basic Mikdash, the Erech of Joel, my friend, the Androgynous, since Joel, the Androgynous, doesn't fit anywhere on the table, he's not a male, not a female, um, and that being the case, there simply is no Erech. There's no, he doesn't fit to the schedule, he's not applicable, and that being the case, if a person made a commitment to give the Erech of an Androgynous, his commitment is meaningless, meaning he gives nothing. There's no, no commitment, it's not binding, because the Androgynous doesn't have a place on the table, and therefore there's no applicable Erech to him. That's what the mission says here again. So that's the third case. They know Ne'erach, he can't be used as an Erech commitment. Lo Kanashim, Lo Kanashim, neither is a male nor a female. Um, fourth, Veino Nimkar, Be'evid Ivri, Lo Kanashim, Lo Kanashim. He can't be sold into servitude as a Jew, um, unlike male or female Jews. The case is like this. That a, you have to get this a little more complicated. When it comes to male Jews, so there are two ways in which a male Jew can become an Eved Ivri, a servant, an indentured servant to a person, um, his employer, I'll call it. So either um, he, the, the Jew is just impoverished and has no money, so he can sell himself into servitude so that he can be supported. Um, or alternatively, let's say he steals something and he can't pay back the consequences that he has to pay back based on the Besdin, so he'll end up having to work off his debt in servitude, again, as an Evid Ivri. So Evid Ivri, just to make sure you're clear, isn't owned by somebody else, but he's in servitude and he has to work for somebody else. Um, so that can happen to a... That can happen. A, a Jew could sell himself or be forced to be sold into servitude, um, but only it applies to a Jew who's passed bar mitzvah. Only he is legally enabled to sell himself into servitude, or be culpable to the Bezdin and being sold into servitude because of his, his debts. If the male Jew is less than Bar Mitzvah, there's just no way for him to become an Eved Ivri. His parents can't sell him, he can't sell himself, and he won't be culpable to the Bezdin. So there's no way for him to become an Eved. So male Avadim are always older than 13. Eved Ivri, Jewish slaves. As for females, so there's no way for a grown woman Jew to become an Amavriya, go into servitude. She can't sell herself into servitude. She can't. If she gets into debt, we won't force her to go into servitude. None of that. The only exception is the Torah allows that if a family is so impoverished, they can't support their their daughter. And the daughter is a child, meaning she's not yet bas mitzvah. So she's less than 12. Um, the father can sell his child into servitude, meaning she has to serve some of their house as an indentured servant, um, and then um, the household will support her. The way the Ramban and others explain it is, the hope is that the employer will end up marrying this daughter, um, this, excuse me, this this child. But at, at all events, once she reaches puberty, let's call it when she comes to bas mitzvah, to keep it simple, so at the age of 12, so she's no long, there's no way that a Jewish girl can be an Amavriya. We hope that she'll be taken in and married by the her employer or her employer's you know, father or son, whatever the case may be. But if no one's going to marry her, then when she becomes, goes to puberty, call it bas mitzvah, so then she, at 12 years old, let's call it, so then she goes free, no matter what. So what it means then is that there's no way for a girl older than 12 to be an amavriya, and no way for a boy younger than 13 to be a an avid That being the case, this androgynous will never have a window 
where he could be possibly male and possibly female and be sold into servitude. And therefore, there's just no way for him, the Androgynous, to be in Eved Ivri. And that's what the Mishnah says here, Ve'eno nimkar Ivri, he can never be sold into servitude, lo kanashim, below kanashim, not like a male or female, who there is a way in which you could make a Jewish male or female be an Eved, um, at least temporarily. Okay? Next, Vim Amar Hareini Nazir She'ein Ze'ish Ve'isha Hareza Nazir. Um, if a person says, now I'll learn this like the Bartanur, excuse me, like the Rush first, because I've been following him the whole way through. The Rush learns that if a person says, I'm a Nazir, if this person isn't a male, or if a person says, I'm a Nazir, if this person isn't a female, then they're still a Nazir. Why? Because the simplest explanation I'll give that seems to be that, well, it's a suffix, and maybe she is a male, or maybe he is a, f- see, maybe she is a female, or maybe he is a male, the androgynous, and that being the case, since he took that ned there, saying that this person isn't a male or isn't a female, it's possibly true, and therefore there'll be um, a Nazir misuffic. That's the simplest way to understand the rush. Um, others learn that the nether here is kind of more similar to the previous Mishnah, that a person taking the nether says this person is neither a male nor a female. In other words, it's like the previous Mishnah we said, it's a two guys walking on the street. Mr. A says, whoa. In our, similar to the previous Mishnah, I'll say, explain this Mishnah now. The person says, whoa, that person is neither male nor female. And this, the other person with him, Mr. B, says, what are you talking about? No such thing. I'm a Nazir if that person is neither male nor female. So we say that person, Mr. B, is in fact a Nazir because in certain legal ways, as you see from this Mishnah, um, this, the androgynous is neither male nor female. And therefore become a Nazir. That's what others learn it. And I think it's more straightforward. Now, the Mishnah is ending up now. And the last thing the Mishnah says is, Rabbi Yossi is going to say, Rabbi Yossi, Omer, Androgynous, Beria Bifne Atzma. That Rabbi Yossi says that Androgynous is a category all to itself. Now, and the Pracham just never put their foot in and decided, Im Ish, Im Isha, whether he's legally treated like a male or female. So it's, there's different approach in the Shonam what Rabbi Yossi is coming to do. So Tosos learns, the sugi really is in Yevamos Pei Gimel, Tosos learns that he's not really saying anything at all new, which is a little peculiar. Rabbi Yossi is agreeing with the Tanakhama, and he's just reaffirming what the Tanakhama said, that it's a cat- every androgynous is like a category to self, and as much as they're Suffolk male, Suffolk female, and then the halachas, as we said in the whole paragraph, they now apply to the androgynous. And the reason why Rabbi Yossi even speaks this out is to, make in contradistinction to the next sentence in the Mishnah, which is of a tumtum, when it comes to a tumtum, a person who is also there, whether they're male or female is ambiguous, but not because they have both um, types of organs, but rather because whatever genitalia they have is covered up by like a layer of skin, like a flap of skin, and you can't tell whether it's male or female. But, but beneath the skin... The tumtum really is either pure male or pure female. It's just we don't know. But obviously, in the year, you know, in the 21st century, you could just perform surgery on such a person and reveal whether the tumtum is male or female. At that point, it'd be clear there's no suffix anymore. It's a vadai forevermore, male or female, depending on what you find beneath the flap. In contrast, there's no way to determine whether androgynous is male or female. By the way, the postkim um, and really the the genetics is that you couldn't even do a genetics test 
meaning hypothetically that the antagonist comes out as being XX or XY, it doesn't make a difference. The Pashas, the Halacha, doesn't make a difference. Um, we look on the morphology, how the body has developed and so on, and how the person's shaped, let's call it, and not um, their genetics. And the truth is that androgynous is caused by reasons potentially other than genetics. Roughly 50% of androgens are, in fact, XY, and the other half roughly are XX. Um, what's going on there really is hormonal, typically, or other kinds of things that went wrong developmentally early on. Whatever the case is, the point Rabiosi is saying, according to Tolosphos, in Yavomos, is that the androgynous is forever a suffix, whereas the tumtum really is just, we don't know the answer. It's iyadia, we're not sure what the, what the rules to apply to him are, but, or her, but uh, we could find out ultimately and then it will be perfectly clear. Um, others learn that, like the, the Ramban, most importantly, there in, in Yavomos, that Rabiosi is disagreeing with the Tanakama, and he's saying, it's not that androgynous is a suffix male, suffix female. No. There's a third category. There's male, female, and androgynous. And androgynous is a third category. It's a very it's a whole different category, um, which has its own rules, and the rabbis never said if the rules of males or females should apply to the androgynous, there's something different entirely, as you saw in our Mishnah. So that's a different approach. The Rush, um, who I've been following along, has a long piece here, and he's kind of combined the two, if you will. He says that it's not clear whether the androgynous is a male or female. It's also very possible, says Rabiosi, the screen Tanakama, possible that the androgynous is neither male nor female, but a third category all to itself, and that's a suffix, a separate suffix. So it's the androgynous is like almost like a double suffix. We don't know if it's male or female, and maybe even the answer is neither, but not certainly neither. So the Ramban said definitely, Rabiosi says it's a third category. The Rush says we're not sure if it's a third category or not. Um, everyone agrees, however, the tumtum is the same. Tumtum, if you uncover the tumtum's flap of skin surgically, you'll find out whether it's a male or female, and that'll be the, no more suffix anymore. Okay, so um, that's the androgynous story. And again, the Mishnah ends of a tumtum, the person who has this kind of very rare condition where the word atum means blocked off. So tumtum is a blocked-off person. That is to say, the genitals are covered by some kind of fold of skin or something. A very rare condition, but it can happen. And um, we don't know if the tumtum is male or female just because we just don't know. Our eyes are still closed. We haven't looked. But um, the tumtum is totally different to androgynous because that mystery can be removed. He's anokin. He's not like an androgynous. Ella suffolk, ish suffolk, isha. He's not a different category. He just simply is you don't know whether he's male or female until you find out by doing surgery. Okay, and with that, Slika um, Masechas Bikurim, Och Hashem, we finish Masechas Bikurim, and Hadran Alach Seder Zerayim, we finish all of Seder Zerayim, Mazel Tov to everyone who participated. Next up, we begin Seder Moed with Masechas Shabbos Be'ezras Hashem.